Healing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. The work of the ministry. It's a strange work. Bring to pass his act, a strange act. Judgment to the land. Righteousness to the planet that God will do. It has surprised the hypocrite. The churchgoer that doesn't know the work of God will think that it is not God. It is a woeful. It is a time of trouble such as never been, such was a nation. It's a time of testing and trial. Time of great tribulation, but tribulation work with patience. Patience work with experience, experience work with hope. Hope they cannot ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. It is the end time body of Christ, a very controversial work that God will do. So much that if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived because this strong delusion is coming from God and God alone because they had pleasure in unrighteousness and did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. They all might be damned who received not the love of the truth. Pretty stout word. It is a controversial word. It is a work. It's wonderful and working. It's marvelous in the sight of God and what he will do in his work. As we see in Isaiah 28 about this work, it is a work. It's a work of the ministry. But it's totally radical change from church as we know it. A radical change from what we have been known in the Pentecostal move of God. A total radical change. So much that it's called the new thing. A new thing that has never been done before. A kainos, a new wine that must have new wineskins. Or the old wine can't be put in. The new wine can't be put in the old wineskins. Otherwise, the wineskin will burst and all of it will perish. It's telling us that we have to go on into the proceeding word of God. Now, God will arise to do his work, his strange work, bring to pass his act, his strange act. Isaiah 28 talks about this work. And uh, don't mock at it, lest your bands be made strong, the bands of your heart, just like he did to Pharaoh. For I have heard of the Lord of hosts a consumption, a consuming fire, decreed upon all the inhabitants of the earth. O earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. But this consuming fire will overflow in righteousness. This is the word of righteousness, that only the ones that are of full age are skilled in that word of righteousness being weaned from the milk, and is of full age. They have their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. We find that in Isaiah 28, that God will lay judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. It will literally measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the holy city will be trodden underfoot 42 months. Time, times a half, three and a half years. During this time will be a time of sorrows, a time of birth pangs, a time that the woman, the church, will be in great travail. 
And we see that in Revelation 12. A great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with a son. That's the son of righteousness. With healing in his wings. The moon and under her feet. All the lunation. Those are the signs of the time and the seasons of God. The moed, the divine appointments of God with man. And upon her head, a crown of twelve stars. There we have the woman ready. She has received the love of the truth. Now through that impregnated word, she's able to bring forth through birth pangs, through tribulation, through much sorrows, and she'll bring forth Christ in the fullness and measure and stature of Jesus Christ into a perfect man. This has surprised the hypocrite. It said the prophets are mad. It literally says that the prophets in Ezekiel 13, whoa, the foxes, the prophets are like the foxes in the desert. The foxes in the desert. God said the prophets are like the foxes in the desert, prophesying out of their own heart. For they have not gone up into the gap, nor made up the hedge. What gap? What hedge? For the people to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They don't understand the work of the ministry. They gather for corn and wine, none considering the work of God, the strange work, the bring the past this act is strange act. As we go on in Isaiah 28, and we see, and I'm reading here, and God talks about this work. And a sower went forth to sow seed. And Jesus talked about this parable and said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand all parables? Jesus speaking in Proverbs, because in him are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's a revelation of Christ, not only in his person, but his work as well. And the body of Christ will carry out the work of the ministry, which we are called for in Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now we're focusing on that work. But very few will go on. It's only a remnant of the woman's seed a remnant of the church that will enter in keeping the commandments of God because they love God, they keep his commandments. And they have something the others don't have. They have oil in their lamp that the others don't have. They're five wise virgins. They have this oil, which is the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. They have not only obeyed looked in to the words of the book of this prophecy, but they have kept them. They've obeyed them. The words of the prophecy of this book, the little book, the Bibliorinian, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Sentence signified it by his angel unto John. The signified is a sign. It's a seal. It's the word whereby we are sealed 
through the leading of the Holy Ghost. And the truth, the love of that truth, will finally bring us to charity, charity which will cover a multitude of sins. Because you add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, the godlike. Godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is not love. God is love. Charity is a love for God, the body of Christ has, grounded in his word and doing his will. Charity is doing the will of God. And through that is revelation. You see, it's not of him that just looks into the perfect law of liberty and then forgets what matter of man he is, but then becomes double-minded and is unstable in all of his ways. But he that looks into that perfect law of liberty and does it will be blessed in all his deeds, all that he does. So we have to be obedient in the works that accompany salvation. And that's the reason in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3, the second and third chapter of the Revelation, Jesus focuses on each church, I know thy works. The works that accompany salvation, not the works of the law. By the works of the law, no flesh shall be saved. That's our own righteousness, which is of the law. But we're talking about the righteousness, the righteousness of God by faith in obedience, because Romans 6 tells us, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him with the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, even though you have the Holy Ghost, if you still stay carnally minded, to be carnally minded is death. It requires obedience. For God worketh in you both the willing to do of his good pleasure. So we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling because God is working in us according to his will, not ours. And if we obey, simply obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, by faith we will please God in doing his will. Therefore, this work of the ministry will decide who serves God and who does not. It'll separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane. Those that say they serve God, that are, say they are Jews, but are not. They are the synagogue of Satan. And you're either for God or against him. Gather or scatter. We find in Isaiah 28 that Isaiah says, Give you ear, and I'm reading there, and hear my voice. Hearken and hear my speech. This is the voice of God. It is the proceeding word of God. Then he puts some questions to us. <clears throat> Doth the plowman plow all day just to sow? Are you just going to plow, break up fallow ground, and not have a harvest? Are you simply just going to win souls and that's it? Are you going to plow all day and that's all? Doth the plowman plow all day to sow? Is that all he's doing? There's more to it. Then he says, Doth he open and break the clods of his ground? He's breaking the ground up, breaking up the fallow ground. When he hath made plain the face thereof, doth he not cast abroad the fitches? 
and scatter the cumin, and cast in the principal wheat and the appointed barley and the rye in their place. Now that's a good sowing of the seed of the word of God. But then it says there, goes on, for his God doth instruct him, instruction, to discretion, and does teach him. For the fetches, that's the word of God that people have, the coming, the appointed barley, and the rye, the good word of God. And he says, the fetches are not threshed with a threshing instrument. We're not appointed unto wrath. Praise God. We're not appointed to the wrath of God. He didn't say nothing about the wrath of Satan, the wrath of the dragon coming down to the earth, cast out of heaven, knowing that he hath but a short time. It's not the wrath of God. That's the wrath of the dragon, the Satan, the scorpion, the old serpent himself, the devil. Well, we will taste of that, but we will not taste of the wrath of God. Well, does that mean we're pre-tribulation raptured out of here? No, obviously not, because the Holy Ghost is with us even to the end of the world. Amen. Matthew 28, 19. And it's only after these things that we find the armies in heaven and the Lord comes, thrust in his sickle and reaps his harvest after all these things. We find in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, immediately after the great tribulation of those days. We know it's a great tribulation because he said, pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. That's the great tribulation. Since there was not, neither shall ever be again. That's the great tribulation. And it says immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sign of the Son of Man appear in heaven. And he goes on and says, send his angels and gathers together his elect for the four winds of heaven to the four corners of the earth. That's the rapture. When? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. There's no secret rapture. For in his coming all shall see him. All that's in the world will know the coming of the Lord. The judgment will be made manifest and the wicked will be ashes under the righteous feet. When the son of righteousness arises with healing in his wings, then we'll go forth as calves of the stall, and the wicked would be ashes and under the righteous feet. And he's talking about this harvest. He's talking about this time where the fishes are not threshed with a threshing instrument. We're not appointed unto wrath. Neither is a cartwheel turned about upon the coming, upon the word of God, on those that have the word. We're not appointed unto that wheel in the middle of a wheel in judgment. But the fetches are beaten out with a staff and the coming with a rod. We are appointed to the rod and the staff of God. And why for the rod? The rod of chastening. If any be without chastisement, then are you bastards and not sons. And, uh, oh, Assyrian, the rod of mine anger and the staff in their hand, God says, is my indignation. 
I'm using that sifting among the nations. But I'll destroy it. Not the least grain, not the coming, the appointed barley and the rye, not the least grain will fall to the ground. No wheat will be lost, not a grain of wheat. All the harvest of God, not one will be lost. But Amos 9 verse 9 says, There is a sifting, sifting the righteous from the wicked, the chaff from the wheat, the holy from the profane. There's a sifting going on among the nations. He uses the nations as his sifting instrument. And not the least grain will fall to the ground. All that are in God will be saved. Even though it's a time of great tribulation. For the elect's sake, the elect of God, the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones, his body, he has shortened those days. Otherwise, then no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, he has shortened those days. Well, but I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say, no evil, no trouble shall prevent nor overtake us. You just agreed with Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, saying, I said a queen, I am no widow, and I will see no sorrows, no birth pangs. We're not going to have any work of God. We're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out of here. And there is no work of the ministry. There is no strange work. There is no strange act of God. There's no judgment to the land and righteous, righteousness to the plummet. It surprised the hypocrite. They didn't know that this was coming. God said, you're not appointed to the wrath. You're not appointed to the wheel of that cart. He's not threshing it with a threshing instrument, but it's beaten out with a rod and the coming with a staff. That's a rod and a staff of God. A rod and a staff. They comfort me as a shepherd uses it. So we will not be condemned by the world. He uses that in the last days for us to return to the, to the Lord God Almighty and the true revelation of Jesus that there's only one, Jesus' only doctrine of Christ. Not a trinity, not three persons in a Godhead, not binary where there's two persons in the Godhead, the Lord said unto my Lord, not understanding the truth that he is one and how he is one in the revelation of Jesus, or a oneness doctrine where they say Jesus, the man, though he is resurrected and glorified, yet the flesh and the flesh and bone man is not God, but is at the right hand of God, having God, the spirit still in him. That is a lie. The man Christ Jesus is God. All through the word of God. So because we have not given him the glory of the father, he's going to do this work, this strange work, and it will literally perfect the body of Christ that those that have an ear to hear. The ones that do not will die, thinking that they're right and having a mistaken identity that they were right all along. God said, you thought I was one altogether like you, but I'll arise in that day and will reprove you. Oh, goodness. Do we listen to the prophets? Jesus states there that straight is the gate and there the way that leads to life. Few there be that find it. Broad is the way. Wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction. Many there be, many there be that go in thereat. We have to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is a strange work. 
It is a radical change from what we know in present truth as Pentecost because now we're in the present truth of tabernacles, a whole different season. And people still go off to church. They go, giving their tithes and their offerings, gathering for corn and wine, a move of God, but none considering the work of the ministry, none considering the work of God. So God's going to awake us. Awake thou, ministers. Awake thou, drunken and how. Why? Because the new wine is cut off from you. The new wine will fail in you because you're not ready. Neither do you hear the word of God. He said, bread corn is bruised. We will be bruised. It's going to bruise your head. And that is the body of Christ. Bread corn is bruised because he will not ever be threshing it. He will not put us under his wrath. We will be bruised through the rod and the staff. Bread corn is bruised. We're the bread corn of God. We're that corn harvest. The former and the latter rain. The harvest of God and break. He will put in the sickle and put his wheat in his garner, in his barn. Well, he says, nor break it with the wheel of his cart. We're not appointed to God's wrath. Nor bruise it with his horsemen. The horsemen of the chariot. The chariot is the cherubim. The horseman is the life of that chariot, which is the rhema word of God. The chariot is the logos. That's the word of God you've got in your loins. Your loins girt about with truth. But that shield of faith word by can quench all the fiery darts of Satan and taking the sword of the spirit. That's the rhema. The logos is your chariot. But the rhema, the sword of the spirit, the rhema word in obedience that you do is your only offensive weapon. Then that is the horseman that pulls that chariot. But we're not appointed to those horsemen. That's the wrath of God. God says, you will taste of the wrath of Satan, but not my wrath. You will be bread, corn, bruised because the devil's going to bruise your head. Bread, corn is bruised. You're appointed to the rod and the staff. The rod, O Syrian, the rod of mine anger. That northern army. That northern army upon all the inhabitants of the land. Is God's sword pulled out of its sheath? In Ezekiel 21. He said uh, there in Ezekiel 21 that he has pulled his sword, the sword of the Lord, out of its sheath. It shall be upon all flesh, upon the head of the righteous as well as the wicked. Somebody said it can't be. Why? Because that trumpet sound is the alarm of war. We're still here. It's upon the head of the righteous as well as the wicked. Read it in Ezekiel 21. That all flesh may know that I, God, have pulled my sword out of its sheath against all flesh, all, that all may know that I am the Lord. And you shall know that I am the Lord God Almighty. When I do this, all will know it, from the least to the greatest. So he's telling us there, you're not appointed to wrath, but you will be bruised. 
you will go through the great tribulation. Some of you will even be caused to be put to death. And you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Not one hair of your head will perish. When you see Jeremiah 4 states, Lord, it is as if you have deceived this people. It's a total different radical change that we weren't expecting. In other words, you went into the big leagues and this is a curveball you hadn't seen before. It's in the last season. It's not in the Pentecostal season. We're far past that. We're in the tabernacle season. And every season is a divine appointment of God with man, the Moed, which are the seasons of God in the feast of the Lord. And there are three seasons with seven feasts. The three seasons in Leviticus 23 in the Old Testament were for our admonition. Our examples of that which was to come. The Passover, Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and Feast of First Fruits. On the 14th day of the first month, the month of Abib in Nisan, you will have a Feast of Passover. Well, Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. We read about that in the four Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Christ is our Passover, the Passover lamb. Then, unleavened bread. He was buried. But there was no leaven in him. No sin. And declared to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. Through the Spirit, by the resurrection from the dead. So, the death, burial, and resurrection is the feast of Passover, the feast of unleavened bread, and the feast of first fruits. Jesus, the first begotten from the dead, that in he would have the preeminence in all things. That was fulfilled in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then, Jesus said, after his resurrection, and after his passion, being seen alive, as many as 500 brethren one time, said, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me, that you will receive power that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Then Jesus was taken up from them. And to man there said, You men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus that you ascend, see ascend into heaven shall also come back in like manner. They went into an upper room. There was 40 days past first fruits, and you shall number seven weeks, or seven sevens, 49, and on the morrow, 50, Pentecost, 50 days, after first fruits, then will be the Feast of Weeks. And it will be waved sheaves with leaven. Well, that's the Pentecostal move of God where we receive the Holy Ghost. And uh, there in Acts 2, they were one mind, one accord. 
And suddenly there came a rushing sound of a mighty uh, wind from heaven. Cloven tongues of fire appeared and set on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we have the birth of the ecclesia, the church, in the dispensation of grace. Now, what must we do? Pricked in their heart. Peter tells them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. That's how you're buried. You die with Jesus. And you're buried with him. And you're raised to the newness of life. Born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the Pentecost. Receiving the Holy Ghost. You become a Pentecostal. The promise is unto you. To your children. To a many that are far off. Even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, now we're way past Pentecost. And we're in that feast of uh, trumpets in the season of tabernacles. Tabernacleist. A total new thing. Well, who will hear for the time to come? Jeremiah says, Lord, it is as if you have deceived this people, saying, Peace, and behold, the sword reaches even the sword reaches even unto the soul. The sword, Jesus said, What? You think I come to send peace on the earth? But rather a sword. To set man at variance, a father against his son, mother against a daughter, mother-in-law against a daughter-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. He's talking to the church there. And we find that Jesus went on to say that the time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. You've got to hear the voice. We live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We have to go on. We can't stay in a season that has gone by. We must be walking in the light as he is in the light and living by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And it has proceeded far past Pentecost, and very few are listening, hearing what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It says here in this trumpet, the trumpet always will sound in anything that God does. There is a trumpet call as he does it. There's a trumpet before the Shema. In the morning sacrifice, the trumpet sounds, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord in the morning sacrifice. The evening sacrifice, trumpet sounds, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And there's the evening sacrifice. Everything God does... He forewarns with a trumpet, not with a cornet, flute, harp, sackbook, psaltery, or dulcimer. These six instruments of Daniel 3, verse 5, 10, and 15 of these six instruments, but it's only the trumpet sound, the alarm of war. We find that, that there is an east wind coming. It's not to fan nor to cleanse. It is a wind of God, a wilderness wind not to fan nor to cleanse. It's a judgment wind. 
Take a look. And it says uh, in verse 19 of Jeremiah 4, My bowels, my bowels. I am pained at my very heart, my very spirit. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. But the prophets, the priests, are like the foxes in the desert. They have not gone up into the gap nor made up the hedge for the children of thy people to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. There's a battle going on, and very few are listening. Jeremiah cries out to God, Oh, how long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? What's the standard? The standard is Jesus. When evil comes in like a flood, God raises the standard up against it. How long will you hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war? But if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? You have this prophet speaking that and that, and we'll get to the prophets. In this present day prophets, what's going on out there? (laughs) Jeremiah said, my people are filled foolish. They have not known me, God says. They are sottish children. They have none understanding. They're wise to do evil, but to do good? They have no knowledge. Oh, my. That's not very good. Take a look at what Hosea says. We got the new wine coming right now for the new wineskins that those that will hear for this time to come, that is now upon us. God's doing it now. He's sealing his people now in their foreheads that are the servants of God. They are the ones that the word of God is strong in them, and they've overcome the wicked one. Revelation, the second and third chapter. Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 are the living ones, the living creatures the church that have the testimony of Jesus and uh, which is the spirit of prophecy and keeping his commandments. Only those will be in the work of the ministry as vessels meet for the master's use. But everybody's holding back and going the Pentecostal realm rather than going into the new thing. That's totally radical change from church as we know it. Here's what Hosea said about it. Now, Hosea 6 If you've listened to the podcast, you know that. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he hath torn, God is torn. What is that? That's the rod and the staff. The rod and the staff and bread corn is bruised. It's beaten out with the coming with the staff and the appointed barley with with a rod. It's God moving upon his people so that we will not be condemned by the world. This rod and the staff, they cover me, yes, but it's also the chastening rod of God because we are not obedient in iniquity, not walking in the present truth in tabernacles. We're Pentecostals, and that's already passed. We're going on unto tabernacles. 
just as Paul warned us in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, verse one, saying, therefore, leaving the first principles of the, of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. But we're told, oh, you can't be perfect. Oh, don't listen to that. As long as you're down here in the flesh, you'll never be perfected. Where Jesus said, be you perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And he said to the church at Sardis, and there in Revelation 3, I have not found thy works perfect. It talks about the soul slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. These are the ones that said that, right, blessed be those that die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit. Why? That they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. And every church that he mentions in Revelation and the seven churches of Asia, he says to Ephesus, Smyrna, uh, Pergamos, Thyatira, Philadelphia, uh, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, I know thy works. I have not found them perfect. He expects those works. Whereby we glorify our Father in heaven by the by the works, the good works that they that we do. And it's through these that God gives us more revelation. Not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, though we'll be blessed in all of our deeds. And he says, there in Hosea 6, come and let us return to the Lord. Somebody said, we're already there. Well, no, we were there in Pentecost. We were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. We're born of the water. We received the Holy Ghost. We're born of the Spirit. We're Pentecostals. That's wonderful back then for that season. Now, we're in a new season. We're in the new thing, the new wine. A woman comes to a man, the Revelation 12 man-child to be birthed. And who will hear for the time to come? Oh, that they were wise, that they would consider or know their latter end. To the law, to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus. Not Pentecost, the testimony. Tabernacles. To the testimony, the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy to learn and keep the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in the word of God, that if you add anything to the plagues of this book will be added to you, and you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, your name will be blotted out of the book of life and out of the holy city. It is a very serious thing. It's essential that we know and obey God in this time. And he said, come and let us return to the Lord. Why? Because he has, he has torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. God has smitten us. But he will bind us up. Why? Because he's getting our attention. After the second day, he will revive us. That's revival. We're way past revival now. This is not revival. This is the new thing. The new wine that God will do. The Joel 1, awake you drunkards and howl for the new wine is cut off from you. Blow that trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Crowd, alas, alas for the day, the day of the Lord, it is coming. As a destruction from the Almighty, so shall it come. It's a warning to the people. It's a warning to the people of God. To the whole earth. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Well, what is it? After the second day, he will revive us. That's revival. We're in the third day now, 2021. We're in the third day. 
The third day is a thousand years, and the third day would be in uh, that 2001 on. In that third day, it's been that 3,000 going into the 3,000, the third thousand years since Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection. Been 1,000 years, 2,000 years. Now we're in that third day, going into that season. And no one is listening. No one is moving. No one is hearing for this time that we're in. So God then does a work. He's torn, he'll heal us. He's smitten, he'll bind us up. As we seek the Lord, he said, in that third day, which we're in right now, he said, I'll raise you up and you will live in my sight. What does that mean? If we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us as the rain, not as a rapture, as a rain. The former, Acts the second chapter, former rain. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel, the former rain, a moderate rain. And cause to come to pass the former and the latter rain. That latter rain is the last great rain of his strength, which is the new thing, the new wine that God will do. Well, how are we engage ourselves and measure ourselves? Are we there? Do we understand this work? God's literally sending his word out there saying, seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from that east, the Lord spoke to us there on the 19th of January, 2019. As I am sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. And that just floored me. I was flabbergasted. I just, I was overwhelmed that we are in the last of the last days. And then the Lord began to speak in that Four ceilings of the babies, then the little children, another ceiling, another glory, then the young men, because the word of God is strong in you, you've overcome the wicked one. That's your Revelation second and third chapter. And then the living creatures, the cherubim, the lion man, calf, and eagle, in Revelation four and five, which are the redeemed of the Lord. And those will be the ones that will preach. Last day word of God, beginning in Revelation 6, and one of the angels, uh, one of the four beasts said, come and see, they're preaching. That last day, move of God, the last day, little book, the Bibliaridian, the revelation of Jesus Christ. They are in the spirit of Elijah as John in Revelation 10 that are prophesying again before many nations, kindreds, Tongues and kings. That's the body of Christ where we should be now. But none considering the work of God. Here's what God said. If you follow on the know the Lord, Hosea 6, is going forth as prepared as the morning. We've been endured for a night, but he comes in the morning. A great move of God. After the second day, I'll revive you. Now we're after that second day. In the third day, I'll raise you up. I'm going to do a new thing. Something's never been done before. Exploitations, the ones that do know their God will be strong and do exploits, exploitations, things that's never been done before. Following know the Lord is going forth to prepare us that morning and he will come to us at Perusia. He will come to us as the rain, not a rapture, as the rain. Before 
the great and terrible day of the Lord comes before the second advent of Jesus. That's exactly what he said in Malachi 4. Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. There's a work there. He'll turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Fathers are the final sealing in the last day growth in glory of full age. He went from babies to little children to young men to fathers. Notice what he says here. He'll come to us, the parousia, not a rapture, as the rain, the former, and the latter rain in the first month. This is the last great rain of his strength. It's when God shakes all nations, then the desire of all nations will come. Somebody said, well, that's the coming of the Lord. That's the second advent. No, all the silver and gold is mine, and I'll make the glory of the latter house a church greater than that of the former, the former reign, the last great reign of his strength. And Zechariah 10, 1 said, Ask of you the Lord in the time of the latter reign. So the Lord will make bright clouds and send forth showers to everyone grass in the field. But we have to ask for it. We have to know the time of his coming. We have to seek the Lord for these things. Hosea goes on and tells us in Hosea 9, and I'll read here. And this is where we're at. And please don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger of the Lord. (laughs) Bring his word. Here's what God is telling us there. Rejoice not, O Israel, for joy is other people, for thou hast gone a whoring from thy God, Thou hast loved a reward upon every corn floor, a corn floor. On every place that should be bringing forth corn, literally separating the wheat from the chaff, a corn floor. What do we have? A reward, money, preaching for money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Those that will be rich fall into many diverse temptations and woeful lust, diverse temptations of the flesh. Many have erred, thinking that gain is godliness. Think, well, if I've got money, God's got to be blessing me. Where we find in Hebrews 11, they dwelt in caves. They had sheep and goatskins for clothing. And just as Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. A man over 40 years old, lame from his mother's womb, went leaping and praising God after Peter grabbed a hold of him and his ankle bones received strength. We have followed a bad pattern, a dastardly pattern, going after money, thinking that that's gain is godliness from such turn away. This is what he's saying here. You've gone after money. The floor and the wine press shall not feed them. What? The feeding of the word of God. Why? For the new wine shall fail in her. They can't have the new wine. They're Pentecostals, but they can't handle the tabernacle rain. 
They're Pentecostals, not tabernaculists. They can't handle the new thing that God is doing. The profound change in a new, profound, really a new thing to the point that it is so, so radical a change that those that are not led of the Holy Ghost will say, it is not God. That's not God. Because of the works of the ministry will be not only doing the redemption works of miracles, but the judgment works of Moses, the judgment miracles, and the kingdom miracles of Elijah. That is the new thing. They cannot receive it. And uh, the work of the ministry being sealed now. And those that do not, Receive it will not be able to enter in. It'll be too late. Just as it was in the days of Noah. We find, watch it. They shall not dwell in the Lord's land. But Ephraim shall return to Egypt and they shall eat unclean things in Assyria. Assyrian is successful. Assyrian, the rod of my anger, the staff in their hand is my indignation. Assyria built by Asher that of Nimrod, after the worldly things, a church built after the world, not after God. They shall not offer wine offerings to the Lord, neither shall they be pleasing unto him, only by faith in the present truth can you please God. Their sacrifices shall be unto them as the bread of mourners. All that eat thereof shall be polluted, for their bread, for their souls shall not come into the house of the Lord. You're not giving them pure manna. You're giving an old store that's already bred and literally with worms eaten. What will you do in the solemn day, in the day of solemnity, in the day of the feast of the Lord. The feast of the Lord are the last three feasts and feast of trumpets, day of atonement, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkah, the feast of Sukkah, the feast of tabernacles, feast of ingathering, the feast of prophecy, the feast of sevens. This is where we are now, and God's not pleased. Who will have an ear for that? time to come. Oh, that they were wise, that they would understand their latter end. God said, here's what he says, for lo, they are gone because of destruction. Egypt, the world, shall gather them up. Memphis shall bury them. The pleasant places for their silver, nettles shall possess them. Thorns shall be in their tabernacles. That's the world and the curse of the world. The days of visitation are come. What will you do in the time of thy visitation? What will you do with the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war? Watchman, watchman, what of the night? The night cometh and also the morning. The night of great tribulation. But his going forth is prepared as the morning. What will you do in that solemn day? What will you do in this feast of the Lord? Watch what he says. Israel shall know it. Natural Israel, spiritual Israel, both. How? I didn't say this. 
the Lord said it. The prophet is a fool. The general consensus of the prophets, the prophet is a fool. Watch it. The spiritual man is mad. Oh, he's spiritual, all right. He's in spiritualism, but he's mad. He's not in truth. Deceive, deception, strong delusion that if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. For the multitude of thine iniquity, not sin, lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God, not walking in the light as he's in the light, not knowing the present truth, still saying Pentecost when you should be in the season of tabernacle. Watch what he says here. And the great hatred, the great hatred, what is that? The watchman of Ephraim was with my God. Watch watchman. The watchman know the night. Watchman, what of the night? The night coming. We know that time of weeping and mourning and tribulation is coming. We know it. We know that night. Watchman, what of the night? The night cometh and also the morning. His going forth is prepared as the morning. We know that. So we know we're going to go through a time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, where truth will be cast to the ground. And all the people of God, the servants of God, will be hated of all nations. That time is here. God's sealing his people now for those that walk in the light as he's in the light to know this present truth in tabernacles. They'll be called tabernacleists. They will be sealed. But he said, but the prophet, what about the prophet? The prophet is a snare of a fowler, uh-oh, in all his ways. The snare of a fowler? You're in the foul ways? It's a snare. It's a trap. Prophesying peace when there is no peace. We're talking about a great tribulation, a great trouble coming, but they're prophesying peace, safety, and by peace shall destroy many. And those that have indignation against the Holy Covenant Jesus, will he corrupt by flatteries? Having indignation against the Holy Covenant, against Jesus. And his hatred in the house of his God. The prophet, general consensus of the prophet, don't have a clue as to the truth as a proceeding word of God in this season of tabernacle. It's the truth. And those that know God and know the Lord know that is a new thing. They are coming out. They're coming out and not being deceived, walking in the light as he's in the light, having fellowship one with another, blood flow. And they're... Uh, there's cleansing of their sin every second moment because it says if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we do have fellowship one with another, blood flow. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That blood is in the New Testament given for you and the present truth, and man lives by the, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God in present truth. Peter said you established in this present truth. That was Pentecost, but now Paul said, I saw a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. 
This is one caught up to the third heaven, saw things, the things of faith that is now being revealed to the body of Christ. Paul couldn't speak about them then. The cherubim overshadowing the mercy seat, which he could not speak particularly about it. He was in Pentecost, could not do it. Hebrews 9, 5. But we're now, the truth is there, the seals are open, the book is open for all to hear and obey. Walk in the lights, he's in the light. Partaking of the new wine, it will not fail in the vessels that believe the truth and come out looking, not sitting there looking for the Pentecostal rain, but the rain of tabernacles and the latter rain, the last great rain of his strength. He said the prophet is a snare and hatred in the house of his God, the snare of a fowler, and that all his ways is a snare. He has not gone up the gap nor made up the hedge. What? For the people, the people of God to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. In that day of battle, they don't even know the battle's coming. They think they're pre-tribulation raptured out of this thing. Well, those that have an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God's sealing his people now to those that have an ear to hear. It's a great move of God. We were literally visited by the Lord on the 19th of January, 2019, Transmara, Kenya, Africa, where the Lord said, seal my people by my word as I am sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you, unquote. We really, there was other things we saw in a vision, things that are there, not for any of our righteousness or our holiness, but for his name's sake. And simply, we're doing the podcast to be obedient to his calling to those that have an ear to hear. Neighbor, it's right now. It's at the door. This is the threshing floor of honor. This is the separating from the wheat from the chaff, the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane. Those, the general consensus will go saying peace when there is no peace. The Antichrist will come in saying peace as a solution to the world, and he forecasts his devices and will prosper. Arms will stand on his part, on his behalf. But the people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. If this, if the Spirit of God is borne witness with your spirit that this is the Word of God, we'd love to hear from you. God is doing it now. Write to me, Dennis Beard. Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or drop us a message. There on our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We'll get your message. You have questions? Please send them to us. We'll do our best to answer them. Not for any of our rights or our holiness, but for His name's sake, the Lord God is doing a new thing. Let's don't be left behind. Let's walk in the light as he's in the light. Let us not miss this great move of God and the voice of the Lord Jesus himself and obedience to it. Well, until the next time, this is Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.